<laughs> so I, I believe it is, it's 30 years plus probably we've been involved with helping at the outreach there in, in Philadelphia. And um, there, I'm, I'm challenged at times with uh, the word sacrifice. And it's part of uh, our human nature to, to think that when we exchange something that's important to us to help somebody else, that there's a sacrifice involved. And from the, I want to say it this way, that is a perspective, but it's a, an inferior perspective. It's really from the, from the knowledge we've received over the years as part of our human thinking. When reality, there is one sacrifice for all, and it was Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen? He was the ultimate sacrifice, and his sacrifice c- covered every area of our existence. Spirit, soul, mind, body, even the things that he would entrust to us to steward in the natural sense, right? Amen? Yes. So actually, there is no sacrifice in serving others, but there is a choice and decision. There's a... Uh, there's a, a very unpopular word that's in the Bible, by the way. It's called mortification. <laughs> it's usually not on the breakfast table promise box that you, re, you pull out of your box, and, you know, your, your little Bible verses in the morning say, yeah, today I'm going to mortify my flesh and uh, learn to walk in the Spirit. <laughs> I choose to walk in the Spirit today. So if we are Christ and we've been bought with a price, where is the challenge in our Christianity? I think everybody in this room, probably, when you got saved, you didn't realize the total package of what you're being saved into. Amen? The lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. That we, d- we not only just were called to be a believer in Christ, but we are called to be disciples. Amen. And there, the, dis- the word disciple isn't a very popular word in the kingdom. Some people, we use it. But what does it really mean to be a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ? You and I had a choice, death or life, for eternity. Amen? Amen? Amen. And uh, God said, I set before you today death and life. I say choose life. His advice and counsel from the creator of the universe, being the creator of the universe, says, my advice to you is to choose life. (laughs) Life's a good thing. Amen. Say that with me. Life is a good thing. Tell your neighbor, life's a good thing. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, so the the thought of, well, you know, this outreach, and I'm going to utilize this outreach for teaching's sake. We've been doing this. God, you know, God moved on our hearts. To support Lighthouse, Pastor Carroll and the Lighthouse Ministry, thirty plus years ago, and it was cool because it was through relationship. And I mean, we would be hearing uh, gunshots going off sometimes in the neighborhood or whatever else, you know, way back when when Tasker Projects was really seasonal, the activity there, the darkness or the uh, the crime that could be involved there, but. Jesus said something that was really interesting. He said, it's not the well who need a doctor. And yet the medical community, the spiritual meds are all over this room. Everyone in here is a medic. (laughs) Say, I am am. a medic for the Lord. (laughs) 
Hallelujah, you are. Bless God, you are. And in war, a medic, you know, they, they're recognized. It was really interesting in this movie pretty recently, Hacksaw Ridge, that there was a conscientious object. There was a seven-day Adventist that would not pick up a weapon. But he wanted to serve the country in the military. So they tried to defrog him and uh, actually court-martial him. But finally, the, there was uh, some laws in the military community that would allow him to serve without picking up a weapon and, and as a medic. And that was his area of his desire. And he made this statement. He said, while people, I don't see anything wrong, while people are taking lives, that it's a bad thing to want to save some. And that was his, he was a Christian. And he did one of the most heroic, had one of the most heroic careers in the army in the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge. Saved over 70 soldiers saved their lives, and they were maimed, lost limbs and everything. He got them down a cliff and everything else because he had something ticking on the inside. I want to serve my country. I will not compromise what the Lord, what I believe the Bible tells me. I won't violate, say I won't violate, what the Scripture says. Yeah. So this word sacrifice, like... Serving the Lord isn't always convenient because our schedules, our responsibilities, they have voices. Amen? The responsibilities of life have a voice. And it's interesting that uh, it's all good. God knows. uh, I love it because this way I've been looking at different things, and Carol and I have been talking about the lack of the spiritual witness and testimony in programs and movies that are available for for humanity, nationally. And yet there's still the shaking. Look at the cleansing that's been happening over the past four months with regard to allegations and different people of high places of influence being exposed. You're unchallenged or charged with a lot, it, whether or not it's all um, you know, being investigated. But God will not be mocked. Carol was on, uh, we were looking at some things that she was... Uh, Looking online the other day, or last yesterday, part of the time, for just for gifts for some of the, the fam. And on one website, there was a sweater that had Jesus on it with a peace sign, like party for Christmas or something. It said, it said, part, it said um, uh, party time. Party time. Jesus with the peace sign, like let's party on. Where's the fear of God? It's a Christmas sweater. Well, at least we have Christ in it. You know. Are you all here? We are the light of the world. Everyone sitting in here today, you're illuminator of the love, life, and light of God. Hallelujah. It's his light burning in you. I love that the... Reinhard Bunke, an evangelist from Germany to Africa, when he first went there, he, uh, all the missionaries that were involved with the, you know, with the, in the area where he first went, it was probably Nigeria, because he did a lot of work in Nigeria. But they would say, oh, brother uh, Reinhardt, it is so hard here. It is so hard here to win souls. It's so hard, and there testimony began to create something in him. 
their testimony or their report of how hard it was began to affect his soul, and he began to come into alignment and agreement with it. And when he, this is his testimony, he said, when people would ask me, I'd say, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard here. And one day the Holy Spirit interrupted his thought. The Holy Spirit said this, who said it was hard? On the inside, down here, that still small voice that can, can be raised on occasion. You know, God, I heard Buddy Bell say one time, God can raise his voice. You know, it's a still small voice, but if he has to, he can get your ear. Amen? Right? right. right. And uh, well, Brian Hart said, well, the missionaries told me, Lord. <laughs> God said, did I say it was hard? Did I ever say in my word that it was hard to win souls? He said, no, the harvest is white. The laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. Amen? Say, I am, I am. A, laborer a laborer of the Lord, of the Lord. Being, sent being sent into the harvest. I already sent. I Say, I already sent. <laughs> See, that's the truth. You're a medic. You're an ambassador. You're a priest. You're a king. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. Part of the the problem, you know, Carol just asking, who had a chance to share the Lord with somebody this week, is it's, it's not on our screen. It's not on our screen. It's like, well, what's what's missing for the desire to share the love of God, to share Christ with somebody? Why is it missing on our radar? You know, where, where, where is that presence of, of mind, the presence of mind and the conviction, not con- the condemnation, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to share the love of the Father? That's our goal. Amen. It really is. That's his goal for you and I, to share the love of the Father. Otherwise, we don't, like Bobby Connor said one time, he said, you know, if, if we don't have to do the works of the Father and, and change the world and be a witness for Christ. We only need two ministries, the evangelist and the assassin. Get people saved and then shoot them. They're right in heaven. But no, there's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints, for the saints to do work of ministry. And it's not just in the house. I mean, praise God for all the stuff that's in the ministry of helps in the local congregation. But there's works of ministry outside these four walls that we're out there more than we are in here. Amen? So his light in us needs to be shining bright. Hallelujah. Well, you know, the, this, the, the congregation, we were praying this morning, and we said, Lord, we thank you that by this time next year, then numerically we will have doubled, not because of financial worries or concerns. That's never a motive. But for soul's sake. Because we're going to do our job. Amen. We're going to win souls. Amen. Proverbs says this. Some of you, you, know, you, you need to get your heads back in the book. He who wins souls is wise. So by default, if, I'm not, if I don't have a, a conscious awareness to be sharing the faith and the love of God with somebody, I, by default, I'm saying well, I'm not that wise. I'm really not a wise person. God says I'm wise if, say if. It's the biggest word in the dictionary. If. I am a wise man. 
if I am consciously thinking about touching somebody with the love of God, reaching them. God's given us. Let me tell you what happened. Because today's message is about loving one another, loving people. I was, I was, I happened to be, we had a father and son thing. I had to go down last week to marry somebody in Orlando, Florida. From there, we had a father-son. We do a thing every year where we get a, a weekend where we do father-son time, grandson time, and we get some golf, and then for those whoever so can make it. So we had finished up, Ray Jr. and I, and we were putting golf clubs in the trunk. and Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I want to interject something right here because you might think, oh, well, Pastor Sam Florida golfing, he should be up here, you know, and all this. Can I tell you, when we were 26 years old, we were in the ministry, green as can be. We gave green. up so much time with our children and that was the one thing that I did regret in ministry that we gave up we went overboard and so now to have that time with our children and grandchildren is so very vitally important so that we can still have that touch and and spend time with them and they know we love them, and uh, that's very, very, very important. If if you could have seen the the busyness of our lives all through the years. It's right here. Yeah. That's the business. <laughs> that's true. So anyway, we're, we finished the, this golf game, and we're putting the clubs in, and I overhear there's a man, a, two men that are, they had finished golfing, and they're putting their clubs in the car, and I overhear the conversations. We're doing our thing. They're right next to us. And this one man who's driving this vehicle, convertible, I overhear him say to the other one, he said, part of the, this is all I heard. Well, if there is a hereafter. And, he, and you know, they dispelled. They said goodbye to each other, da-da-da. We got ourselves in, and I got up to the driver's side. And his car's right here. He starts it, and I knocked on his car and I said, he said yes he turned around and said yes sir I said I've got good news for you and a heads up he said what's that I said there is a hereafter and uh, it's important that you know what it's about and he said uh, well what how do you know we, I said I couldn't help overhearing it and I said but there is a hereafter I said what is your background and he said, well, I was raised Roman Catholic. Ah. I was able to go for the gold. But I just shared with him, began to talk. And he, the man had a moral compass, too. It was really interesting because he believes in good works and all this other stuff. And it's almost like um, Nicodemus, you know. Lord, uh, Rabbi, we know you've come from God because no man can do the works you do unless he was sent from God. Unless a man's born again. And I was able to share the difference between religion and relationship. But I told him that Jesus said he must be born again. And my advice was, I said, do you, do you have a Bible at home? Because if he didn't, we were going to stop and get one. That's the deal. Amen. It's good to carry an extra Bible. That's a good advice, right? Carry an extra Bible in your car to give. Amen. So I, I guided him and gave him the way, pointed the way to him. 
to experience Christ and to understand what's going on in the world. What's going on, the difference between religion and relationship. That Jesus loved him. And you could tell he's very successful, etc. But there's a lot of folks out here that are in darkness who are successful and some are poor. Never think for a moment that everyone is born again or saved or walking in the prosperity of God. They could be just walking in the prosperity of the gift of God in their life, even though they're lost. Amen. Some people just know how to make money and succeed. There are natural born leaders. There are natural born succeeders. The rest of us, we got to work at it. Amen. Turn to John 13 with me. Please. <laughs> Say, I love the book of John. <laughs> it's a good book. John 13, verse 34. We're going to just go to some points of scripture where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's showing them a different way than going through the motions of religion. And in verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen. Well, what kind of love is he talking about? There's three types of love, four, three primary Eros, which is a physical love. There's philia, which is a, a soulish love, emotional. And then there's agape love, which is the love of God, an unconditional love. I'll love you regardless. Without any expectation from you for some kind of remuneration. I'm going to love you because love is good. Love is right. God so loves the world that he gives. He doesn't sacrifice. He gives. So I'm going to sacrifice time. No, you're not. You're not sacrificing any time. You're becoming a greater disciple and redeeming it. I'm just, I can feel little tweaks and adjustments going on here. As a man thinketh. Well, sometimes so is he. But if our thinking is askew, then our Christianity is going to be askew. If our thinking is off course, uh, and I appreciate it, especially a seagoing vessel particularly, if their compass, they're depending on their equipment, their radar or their compass and their GPS system, whatever else, and they're going out 100 miles. If they're one-eighth of a, one degree off on that compass, by the time they go out 100 miles, they're nowhere near their destination. Amen? A lot of times we think we're good. We think we're okay. We're, we're, we're doing well. But who, how do we measure ourselves? How do you and I measure ourselves and the effectiveness of our Christianity? How do we do that? Well, it's by the, through the word and the spirit. God never condemns us. <coughs> right? Amen? Amen? But 
there is, a, there is a measurement that you and I can determine and easily assess where we're at in our Christian walk. <coughs> Do you want to know what that determinant is or what I say? A measurement. Mm. Glory to God. That's good. Anybody want to drink? I don't want to be selfish here. No backwash. What has God put in his word for you and I to be able to determine the effectiveness of our Christianity? The measurement is this, fruitfulness. Say fruitfulness. The measurement that we have to, to determine if we're producing the life and love of God in others is fruitfulness. And if there's no fruitfulness in our lives, touching others and helping their, their lives and their situations change, right? Then we're, we're in quicksand. God so loves the world that he wants you to be self-centered, self-focused, and only care about you, your four, and no more. Uh-uh. No, it's in him we live and move and have our being. As he is, so are we in the world. Amen? Say fruitfulness. fruitfulness. Tell your neighbor, I'm up for some more. I'm, I'm, I'm up for big fruit. Hallelujah. Now, listen, think about it. The promised land, the, the fruit in the promised land was ginormous. It, like it got nuked. It was that big, that rich, that, that prosperous. Amen. The only problem was there were giants there. <laughs> I think about that. I was talking about the report. You, we all need to sit under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God to, so that we're more effective. It's like Carol was saying, what kind of rewards, what kind of mansion will we have? It's not by, based on works, but there are rewards in heaven based on the love of God and our faith, the faith you and I love with. There, there are crowns, there are, there are jewels that go in the crown of salvation, the soul winner's crown. Hallelujah. Well, that's for the evangelist. It's for every, anybody and whosoever. We're all ambassadors of the, of the Lord, right? Amen? Well, oh, thank you. Everybody said? There you go. Preach at me. So Jesus said, a new commandment I give, that you love one another. Well, what was the previous commandment before that? The commandment before that was, A, what were the two greatest commandments? He was challenged and asked by lawyers and teachers, Master, what are the two greatest commandments? And he said, I, I can sum them up in two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And these two, all the precepts of Judaism are housed. Everything that has existed in the Torah and the Talmud is a result of these two. These two are the, the headliners. Amen? So right away, how do you and I, are, we, are you confident this morning that you truly love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are you convinced that you do, that we live that way on a daily basis? Second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We need to start loving our neighbors. Well, how do you love them? Bake a cake. I remember back in Christianity, that was a way of getting in the door of somebody's home. 
just blessing them with a cake or something. Hi, a card. I'm so grateful that God has placed you in our lives, that you're our neighbors. There's a, a pro, actually, there's one of the Proverbs, verses in Proverbs that says, your neighbor lives beside you for safety's sake. That's usually not on the promise box either. Oh, there's responsibility. Let me put that one back in, grab one. Say responsibility. To what? To be fruitful. It's not the have-tos, it's the want-tos. Hallelujah. You don't have to tell an apple tree to produce apples. But it needs the right climate, doesn't it? Amen? See, you and I have the DNA of the Father in us. So where are the speed bumps or where are the, the doors that are not yet open to us? What are we not yet seeing or believing that we're reluctant to share the love of God with somebody? So what are you getting out of today? You don't sacrifice squat. Hallelujah, soldiers of the Lamb. Now, you redeem time. And you allow, we allow the love of God instead of a self-centered, self-controlled desires or responsibilities to control us. Rather than redeeming the time, consciously, I am the Lord's servant. Get, when's the last time you said that? I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's son. I am the Lord's possession. I am the word's possession. I am the spirit's possession. Ain't no better spirit to be possessed by. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. John 15. Verse 9. John chapter 15, verse 9. And we commend you, too, you know, that what Grace had shared about the love that has been expressed to her. And it's not just in the offering last week. In many ways, this congregation really does give wonderfully and sometimes beyond their ability, out of their importunity, they give. And I tell you what, numerically you may think we're small, but we hitting hard. <laughs> John fifteen verse nine says, "As the Father loved me, I also loved have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in it. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love." Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's another determination. 
another thing that can help you and I determine where our love walk is. <laughs> Are we flooded with the joy of God? Are we flooded with the joy of the Lord? <laughs> you can't think of, of who your papa is and really meditate on our God and who he is and not have a sense of joy that he's your papa. <laughs> you, can't, you can't think for a moment of the love of Jesus for you and, and not have some type of joy. When you really disconnect, I mean, it's, it can be either just a fact, you just, you know, go through the files, or you can meditate on it and say, well, Lord Jesus, so thank you. Thank you. I, I, I can't say without having a smile on my face. Uh, some type of joy. Holy Spirit, thank you for, for living in me and leading me into all truth. Even if, I'm going to say this, if all hell is going on out here, in me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, John sixteen thirty three. But in me, you have peace. So if we're lacking peace, there's another factor. See, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, in the, old fa- the older cars, they, we used to call them idiot lights. You didn't have a gauge. You had a light that would come on if your oil pressure was getting low, whatever else. It would light up red. And, and they called them idiot lights for those who won't look or think to put gas back in their car. Now, I know there's nobody in here that has ever ran their car empty or driven or had an, an engine seize on them. And all of a sudden you have a, well, a knock at least because of a lack of oil. All of a sudden there's banging in your engine. Eh, that's not a good sound. <laughs> and then when you hear, pow, 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 um, row. why do people not get their brakes checked? Well, it's an expense to get brake pads, but you can always get them fixed when your rotors go and the brake pads get down and you're going metal to metal. And instead of a $300 bill, you have an $800 bill. Say maintenance. Maintenance is good. It's part of budgeting, thinking ahead. Amen. I remember uh, the way they would start saying uh, a lot of financial Christian financial advisors. Hey, you got to learn, you know, to plan for when your fridge stops fridging, when the washer stops a washing. <laughs> you need to have a reserve. Amen. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can manage finances or they will manage you. Praise God. So a key to life full of joy is abiding in the love of God. Verse 12. This is my commandment of the same chapter 15. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's not a sacrifice. It's an act of love. It's not a sacrifice. It's an act of love and faith. Love is the motive and faith is the method to lay your life down for somebody. Amen. So, for example, Friday night, the outreach, 
and it's every year, and you all push through, and you all end up prioritizing it. And I know sometimes it's like, listen, let's just be honest. There are times it's like, like Carol said, do we have to do it this year? We've had those times. And that's just being honest. Say Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Lord, if it's possible, let this responsibility to assist the lighthouse in their outreach, let it pass. (laughs) Well, not yet. Not our will, but your will be done. Was it a sacrifice of Jesus to pray that prayer? Or was it love? Come on, guys. Answer me. Everybody in here, I'm going to call you to stand up and do some jumping jacks or something. Come on. What was the motivation in the garden? Everybody. Love. Love. He so loved you and I. From the foundations of the earth, he knew that it would take Calvary to make a way for you and I to get back to the Father. Amen? Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you, if, if you do whatever I command you, there's another if. Well, you can be a child of God, but are you the friend? In the book of Psalms, it says the people of God knew God's acts. But Moses knew his ways. What's the difference in the playing field? The intimacy with him. Our intimacy with him. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Look at verse 16 again. Just a little freshen up from the neck up. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you. That you love one another. Now let's put your Christian walk to date in perspective with these scriptures. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, when I first got saved, I thought I chose Jesus. When I prayed the prayer to accept him as my Lord and Savior, forgive me, repented, you know, all this stuff. But I thought I was choosing him. 
Nada. Yet. No. He chose me. And appointed Ray Shannon. That Ray Shannon from that day forward, from his conversion, would bring forth fruit. Fruit abounding to God. Amen? And he did the same for you and each one of us. But look at this. Because there's truth in these verses, in this portion of scripture, that we need to look at today. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Say, go and bear fruit. (sighs) That is huge. And you and I being able to determine and assess how our fruitful our Christian life and experience is. We are called to bear fruit. We're appointed to bear fruit. Come on. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. God has called me and chosen me and appointed me to bear fruit. It's not an option. It's his seed in me. God's seed in us produces life. And all the fruit of the spirit is life in us. Amen. And it's active in us for what? To change a world. To impact the society around us. You are God's chosen vessel in any and every sphere of influence you find yourself in. You're God in that circumstance. You are God in the workplace. God's representative. His ambassador. Amen. You don't lay your ambassadorship at home and wait to get home from work to put it back on. It's 24-7. You're an ambassador of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You should walk around with your shoulders back and your head up high. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said it's the power of God unto salvation. Well, how is it powerful when you say Jesus to somebody? Jesus loves you. Some pow. It's different when it comes out of the mouth of a faith-filled, spirit-filled servant. Jesus loves you and he paid the price for you. It's different and it's powerful. It penetrates a person's soul. It influences their life for eternity. Ah, I remember before I got saved, I was a rock and roll wannabe and used to feast on Don Kirshner's rock concert at night. You know, they had all these great bands that we feasted on back then. And I remember channel surfing, trying to find the Don late Saturday night. Sunday, I was going to St. Mattress in a pillow. I wasn't going to church, you know, and I'm flipping through the channels and Billy Graham's on there preaching. If you are caught up in drugs, sex and rock and roll, you're going to go to hell. You need Jesus. And I'm thinking, that's everything I'm pursuing. Found Don Rock. You know, just had to get something, you know, get in the zone. But Billy Graham's words in that little moment of time came in to hit my soul, insulted my soul. And my soul needed some insulting and needed light. 
Light flooded the darkness. Light was trying to influence it. I didn't like Billy Graham. I didn't want to hear anything that man of God had to say. Why? Because he was carrying life and light. And I loved the darkness. The Bible says those who are in darkness love it. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. Say, and. Or that. That whatever you ask the Father in my name. That whatever you ask the Father in my name. There's a protocol here for you to get answered prayer. There's a protocol here for our prayers to be answered. What's the protocol? Bearing fruit. Choosing to be a fruit-bearing, life-giving son and daughter of God. Then, that, it goes on, he said, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. In other words, if we're not fruit-bearing Christians, we ain't going to get what we're asking for. We're takers and not givers. Well, glory to God. That feels good. Hallelujah. Say, I am not a taker. I am a giver. Convince me. Hallelujah. There could be a little bit of a revelation in here, guys. Why are my prayers seem to be delayed? And then we, we hold on to that beautiful thing. Delay is not denial. But are you bearing fruit? Let me say something to you. You choose to bear fruit. We make a choice in this. God doesn't force us to bear fruit. He wants us to desire to bear fruit. Why? Why would I even think of desiring it? Because I'm born of him. It's his desire in me. And if I'm not cognizant of his desires, what's wrong? Hallelujah. Come on. on. Our neighbors need Jesus. Well, they've seen me. Listen, our neighbors, they saw us holler at the kids. They heard stuff on occasion. If the screens were open in the summer, like, Carol, I don't agree. (laughs) Whatever. You know. Ray. Whatever happened. (laughs) Neighbors heard it. But we lived the life before them anyway. We came out of the house forgiven and forgiving and sometimes silent. Amen. But we worked it through. Why? Because love has to make a choice. Not my will, but your, his will be done. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's not a suggestion. It's a command from Almighty God. Love your wives as Christ loved the church in so much he gave himself for her. Wash her with the word. Hallelujah. I'd rather confess the one. Wives, submit to your husbands. and Respect them and give them honor. We love to put that one on the wall. <laughs> These things I command that you love one another. Again, say, say this out loud. A command is not a suggestion. 
So how do we reconcile this? Command means this. To direct or order to do something. To direct or order someone to do something. Well, who does Jesus think he is? Who does Jesus think he is to command me? Well, if that's ever even a, a wrestling match in your thinking, you need to get saved. You need to get born again, again. When we got saved, come on, everybody in here, I bet you, I bet you if we really get down to the bone of this thing, and we ask all of you, when you first got saved, man, it was like you got, you got, you got roller skates with fire on them. <laughs> For the Lord. There was something that changed in your lives that you couldn't help tell people about Jesus. Come on. Honestly. They, they, people would ask you, what happened to you? They could see it. They could see him. That's what I was going to say about uh, Reinhard Bunke, too. He was shopping for an organ for a part of his outreach and all that in one of the shops and the pawn shops and he, everything else. And as he was walking... In Africa, and as he was going through looking for different pieces of things that they might need for the ministry, some guy said to him, Sir! Oh, he walked out. That's right. He went out after him, right? And he came out after him and said, Sir, sir! Who are you? Excuse me. He said, Who are you? He said, My name is Ron Hortbunke. You know, whatever he said it in German. And he said, Sir, I saw light coming out of your eyes. I saw light coming out. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have it wrong. Carol's ready to correct me. And that's, that's good. She's tweaking me and I can feel it. She said, sir, I, when you looked at me, I saw somebody else looking out of your eyes at me. I'm like. Now, just imagine that your windows are open, and all of a sudden, another pair of eyes look out. That's what the guy saw. It's what the Holy Spirit allowed him to see. And he said, oh, he said, that's just Jesus looking out once in a while. And he shared the love of God with him, and he got saved. How about people looking at us? And That would be a pretty cool prayer. Lord, would you look out my eyes today and freak somebody out? <laughs> 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 uh, can, 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 we, can we have that experience too? <laughs> the word command means to direct or order to do something. And it, also in the Greek, it means an authoritative prescription. So we got a, this real interesting play in God's commands. I, God, this is God. I am your creator. I'm the lover of your soul. And Jesus, my son, is the shepherd and bishop of your soul. I command you to love one another. It's a direct order. This is not an option. If you want to be my disciple, that's a direct order. You don't have to think about it if you're a soldier. You obey or you're in the break. See, we, we got this, well, you know, I got my opinion. Your opinion's squat. Our opinions are as filthy rags as far as the Bible is concerned. That's what Isaiah said. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, or literally, 
menstrual rags. So we don't measure up in and of ourselves. But he has chosen us and appointed us. Bless God. Put his seed in us. My God, think about it. Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. That's what you and I need to start doing. Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. I am the soul winner that you desire me to be. I am that ambassador that you have anointed me to be and and lived in me to be. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be, think about it, the jingles that come out in the army. Be all that you can be in the army. Be all that you can be in the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Set your sight high. You're fruitful, bless God. Hallelujah. You are the most fruitful congregation in Barrington. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the command also means the conclusion of an act or a state. The conclusion of obeying that command. There's a conclusion that comes. What is it? Life for those around us. You are the light of the world. You're the light of your street. Well, you know, there's another Christian family down there. Why do I have to be the light? They can be the light. No, you're the light. Say, I am the light of God to my community. Now tell somebody around you. I am the light of God to my community. Uh! (laughs) Glory to God. We'll end with Romans 13 tonight. Today. Romans 13 verses 8 to 10. (laughs) Every love reference in... These, this portion of scripture, verses 8 to 10, is the word agape. And Paul says to the church at Rome, Owe no one anything except to love one another. Josh, can you put that up on the uh, screen? Romans 13, verse 8 in the New King James. So we can sing this, we'll read this in unison. But I'm believing today, honestly, I, I am so believing. And I haven't forgotten about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to get there probably after the year. Because you're going to be moving in the gifts of the Spirit in 2018. Our faith is operating that every person in this room is going to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody should have said, ha! Glory to God. I'm already. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, Holy Ghost forms come up. I want you all to read this out loud. Let's do it in unison. Joshua, stay with me. And as the verse concludes, you hear it, goes to the next one, okay? Verses 8, 9, and 10. Together, let's read it. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves agapes another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, 
are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall agape your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10. Love, agape, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. How's your love gauge today? Praise God. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. We need to get our tanks full. Not Sam's Club gas. God gas. Amen. Amen. This outreach is coming Friday night, which is historical now. It's just part of what we do. Could we stop? Yeah, we could choose to stop. Why would we stop? There's an outreach that, you know, and God united our hearts to that ministry to serve them. Good news has no name there. Jesus is Lord. Amen. To me, I love that. I love those scenarios when there's no big eyes and little U's. It's just like kingdom business. Let's get it done. Let's reach the community for Christ. Well, it's, then the devil will start saying, you know, it's the same kids that come every year. They're just takers. No. The word of God's going forth. The love of God. I want to say this to you. I did have this experience from a, a Christian man, our age, but this is going back in the first church that we helped plant. And this man, I, I looked at him one day, and I was very troubled. We were pastoring there. And I was very troubled on the inside for what I saw on him. His whole facial uh, features and his demeanor was like so sad and depressed. And I approached this individual. I said, brother, I said, man, he had a name, but brother, what's going on? He said, oh, I'm fine. Are you convinced that I'm fine? I'm fine, brother. Would you think I'm fine? Come on. No, no. no, something's wrong in River City. Amen? And I looked at him and I said, and I, I'm being compelled by the Spirit as a shepherd. I said, brother, I said, I don't see fine on you. And he said, he, he looked at me with a straight face, a very long face, a very sad and almost depressed type of countenance. He said, I've got the joy of the Lord. <laughs> and I had this thought, if you've got the joy, I don't want it. And I said to him, I said, well, I said, brother, in fact, you do. I said, but in experience, you don't. I said, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord will cause our face to glisten as with oil. So I expect to see all your faces glistening before you leave today. <laughs> Let me see your checklist. <laughs> Please stand. Honey, 